being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Basics Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and my voice is giving. This is it's preseason, right? Bigger season that started. I'm trying to make sure I'm ready, to, so you're ready to know what I'm going to sound like on the Monday or the Sunday night after NC State home games, if the team is any good. We're going to do some NFL news and preseason recap. Tell us some winners and losers joining me to do so. Uh, essentially, like the, I mean, you're like uh, not not quite the fourth super friend, but like inching very quickly, closely. Tyler Sullivan, aka Sully, what's up, buddy? The super acquaintance, I'll say for now. We'll, we'll get uh, there no, a little you're bit higher more. than that. I mean, like, All right. I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if I were you, I would just keep doing the podcast as much as possible, and then you're hoping that they're like, "All right, Sully, you're just on the podcast now." I think I think I'll just I think I'll just on my own get a tattoo and just and then <laughs> and then just be like, yeah, that that, that was it, right? I was telling people about the tattoo situation over the weekend. I was in, um, I mean, I was just, you know, I was just yelling with my friends down in, we went to, uh, went and played golf down at Pinehurst. I played that crap. The 99, uh, class, class of 99, lost the class of 98 in like Ooh. in a Ryder Cup style format on like the 17th hole in the final, on the final round, which is a tough scene. That's so awesome. we had to make them dinner and they, they made fun of us and whatnot, but it was, it was a good weekend. Um, awesome. watched some football, played some golf, made some friends, yelled about, laughed a lot. Obviously, yelled a lot. Um, Sully, wait, what was I going to ask you? Oh, uh, Debo, actually, I know what I was going to ask you. Do we have an update on the voting situation for the uh, podcast, People's Choice Podcast Awards? We actually get those on like Monday afternoons or early Tuesday. So 
No update last. We were in second place in the podcast award voting. So appreciate everybody for getting us to second place, but continue to check your emails. If you happen to be one of those voters, uh, we'd love your support the second time around because that will equal a moment 10 times better than Ryan Wilson getting a tattoo. 100 times better. You getting a tattoo? Yeah. Um, just for the record, be, like a world class Welcher in action. It, I, I still don't play Welcher. A true Welcher in action, like like a masterclass <laughs> of Welching. And if history um, tells us anything, you know, the second you get ink, you're going to want more. So you know. Yeah, no. Ryan Wilson is a second tattoo, which we we've discussed on the podcast. Uh, by the way, so I, so I think it was Dom in the chat mentioned the yes. Actually, that is that is where my voice went. Now we were. <laughs> Everyone in the house is wearing. I bet you see you see me wear the football club hat shirts on the podcast or the hat the football club yeah. hats. Yeah, 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 just big red, white letters. Didn't really think through the whole thing when I made them. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, we're all wearing these like football. Club, I took them all down there because everybody's in the, in the football club, and I took them all down there wearing football club hats, like cheering so aggressively for Florida A and M against North Carolina last <laughs> on Saturday night. Um, I mean, yeah, my buddy Mike Glennon tweeted out that uh, he thought um, Drake May, their quarterback, looked good. Athletic. I don't know why I'm talking about this guy, but like, I was, I would be worried if I was a Carolina fan based on like, I don't know if you watched the game, but like, Florida A and M, who was down 28 scholarship players, was getting like pushed on the interior of the offensive line. Like, that's concerning. Yeah, not great. Um, yes. Uh, anyway, let's get to news and preseason winners and losers. Uh, winner Baker Mayfield, I guess. I mean, like he's been he's been a winner, right? Yeah, I mean he's already been. Yeah, I mean like, he was. You know, he was. I mean, I don't say he's not a winner. Like, there's no competition for him now. I mean, PJ Walker. Like, I would even I would suggest that um, the Panthers are <sighs> losers versus Baker a winner, and Sam Donald's a loser too because he's missed several weeks um, as a result of an injury, but like. Sam Donald wasn't going to see what's on the job. It's just, but Baker now has, there's no like, there's no short leash where if he struggles in the first two weeks, they might yank him out. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's, you know, as much as we're saying like, okay, well the Sam Donald injury, you know, really solidifies Baker Mayfield. How bad would he have had to have been for them to make that decision? I think it would have to be like seismic where yeah. they go, okay, it's, it's, it's going horribly wrong. It's not that we're just treading water. We are, a winless football team and he's thrown like, a, you know, two interceptions to his one or three interceptions to his one touchdown. And I don't think that that was going to happen. So as much as the Donald injury, I guess, further cements him as the starting quarterback, I don't know if we were ever really going to see an early change, yeah. even if he did struggle, it would have to be something crazy. Um, it's a significant, according to Matt rule, high ankle sprain for Sam Darnold. Um, I think it was like, four to six weeks i mean dude a high ankle sprain if you're a quarterback like i mean that's not something that you come back from really did they quick. say which one i i, I, I was just, I was just looking for that okay. um it didn't uh um matt rule is confident that pj walker will be ready to go didn't say i don't see because obviously, if it's the bat, if this it's is, the right. left ankle, left ankle, yeah, okay. right would be worse. Right, right would be way worse. That's your planting foot. Yeah, and so you know, at least that's you know, that's an encouraging sign for Donald. But again, 
if you're turning to Darnold or PJ Walker or when he was healthy, if Matt you Corral, needed Sam Darnold, you're the season's over anyway. Exactly. So yeah, at that point, point, it's it's not necessarily like yeah, you know, great. You know, especially because you they start out with Browns at home, at Giants, Saints at home, and Cardinals at home. Like those are four. I mean, I don't think the Panthers will be four and they could start 4-0. Like, they started 3-0 last year. I mean, obviously an easier schedule with the Giants, Jets, and, and Texans. But, I mean, they could easily start 4-0 or 3-1 and if Baker is competent. If you start 0-4 and, and you're like, oh, no, we need another quarterback. Well, I mean, you're screwed anyway. Yeah. That and at that point, yeah. and at that point, I don't even know if you're looking at Darnold. Yes, you're looking at him in the sense that maybe you just need something to shake it up. But, I don't know, is, is it that point where you're, you know, calling up Cam Newton again, or you're doing, you know, something, you know, you're looking outside the organization. I think at that point, I wouldn't suggest this if Wilson and breach were on here because of the uh, scorn and uh, they would not scorn, but like the, they would just make fun of me, but I have a good suggestion for a possible option for the Panthers to sign. Okay. You'll never guess who it is. Let's hear it. My buddy, Mike Glennon. All right. It actually makes a lot of sense. Lives in the Carolinas, so he's close. His quarterback coach in Jacksonville was Ben McAdoo, the Panthers' offensive coordinator, so he knows the system really well. He's not going to come in there and, like, threaten Baker to, you know, like, to take the starting job. And, I mean, like, Matt Rule can say whatever he wants about P.J. Walker being confident in him. Like, really? Like, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to bash Temple football or anything, but, like, if you've got five players from Temple on your professional football team, maybe – it's a problem. Well, you're just with him. Can he throw? Is he still looking good? What's, you know? I actually, no, he went down to Pinehurst. He, but I, oh, okay. I was, yeah, yeah. But I, no, no, I was, hey, I saw him tweet about the Carolina guy. I gotcha. Um, I gotcha. No, no, I think he's good to go. I think he's fully healed. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a veteran like, like him, you know, you don't, there's going to be some injuries and there's like, there, you know, there's, you don't want to just jump into what, I, you know, like I, I think he's probably waiting now to see what kind of injuries happen. My question would be, though, with something like that, like, you know, it, what would be the difference between, you know, Darnold, Glennon, P.J. Walker? You might just – I know you're saying that there's hit the history there, but you also have two quarterbacks on the roster behind Mayfield that are in have been in that system. Well, I, I mean, if, if Sam Darnold does not go to IR, then it's a moot yeah. point. Yeah. If they end up moving him to IR and – expect, I mean, which they should do, by the way, for, like, the purposes of, like, roster management. If he Because if, he, if he's going to miss six weeks, just put him on IR and you can bring him back. Um, then it would make more sense. Yeah, for sure. Um Certainly could make certainly could be a possibility. Obviously, I had to force that in there. Geno Smith, a winner in this preseason. By the way, these are not your the Cody Benjamin. I believe they're Cody. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a great, uh, not a great job by Drew Locke. No, no. A four was it four? Did it finish before interceptions? I think that that's true. I knew he was sitting with three. I think, for a I think he three, but I will. I think he threw one check. late. Um. But yeah, no, not a not a good performance from him. And he was somebody like, it, you know, it's it's it, timing is 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 everything here. It felt like he was possibly trending to at least start rivaling for the starting quarterback job. It was three interceptions, and yeah. so you know, it, it felt like twenty four, one hundred seventy one yards, a touchdown, and three picks. Ugh, and the Cowboys good. don't ever play any of the starters. No, and again, he like after that, it was the the Kenny Pickett game in the opener where he played well, I thought in the second half, obviously he had that fumble, that strip sack that opened the door for them to have that win, but he played well. He, I thought he played better than Geno Smith in that opener. And Smith, it took a little bit, a little bit for him to get going. He did have that final touchdown drive in the two minute, but all in all, it felt like drew lock was kind of the better guy in that game. And then 
He was working with the ones in practice, was going to start in that second preseason game, and COVID was the big yeah. speed bump there, and then it's it's kind of derailed since. So different timeline. You never know what could have happened, but it seems like it's Gino, it is Geno Smith's job right well, now. Well, I mean, I, yeah, for sure. And I, th- and I think the sort of the the way that Drew Locke played on, uh, I believe it was Saturday night? Was Saturday night? Uh, yes. Yeah, Saturday yeah. night against the Cowboys sort of encapsulates why Pete Carroll is going to go with Gino Smith. Friday, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Um, doesn't matter. Sometime for the weekend. It was on TV, I think. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> but like, Pete, um, I've said, I've sort of, I mean, I remember early in the offseason, people were like, what, what are the Seahawks doing? I'm like, oh, I got no clue. Like, I legitimately have no idea what the Seahawks are doing. And then I've sort of come around with this theory that I keep mentioning, but I, I really think it's what Pete Carroll wants to do is run back the 2010-2011 Seahawks where they think they have some good defensive players coming together to form a good defense. They have a good running game with Rashad Penny and, and um, Kenneth Walker, the rookie. And at the same time, you want to just kind of turn games into grind sessions. And when you do that, what you're hoping is that the other team makes mistakes and that you don't make mistakes because it's going to be a close game and you're hoping to win on like a weird situation. And I'm not saying Jeter Smith is like the least turnover prone, you know, quarterback of all time or anything, but Drew Locke is just, while he's got some flashes of great stuff, he is much more likely to give the ball to the other team or make a big mistake. And, and when you're trying to be that, you're trying to walk that final line, you really just have to go with the guy who, you know, has more uh, or, or like a lower ceiling. And a, yeah. like a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Yeah, you don't want a peaks and valleys kind of quarterback, and that's kind of what Drew Locke's been. You want somebody that can just kind of – he's not going to necessarily win you the game, but just kind of plateau it, manage it, and and see what can happen. Now, the the NFC West is not as competitive as it's been in recent years, but you're still having two Super Bowl teams in there in the 49ers and the Rams, and we, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with the Cardinals. I mean, you know, Kyler Car- Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, they've – Talk about peaks and valleys. I mean, they've been great to start years, and then they've fallen off. But that's still going to be extremely tough sledding in terms of divisional games for the Seahawks. So as much as we're saying they're going to slow things down, I mean, I think either, any one of those teams would be more than happy to kind of whittle it down and, and see what happens You know, with their defenses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rookie QBs, named winners by Cody Benjamin, who did this article, by the way. Malik Willis had a big run. Sam Howell's just really been pretty good all preseason. And can you pick it? I mean, I mean, if there was a there's a guy, if there was a rookie quarterback to keep the streak alive, Sully, the streak that we uncovered, by the way. Did I tell you that I texted Brady about that? Oh, really? Yeah, he, he, he got mad. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, it's uh, I was like, it, 2007 was the last time it didn't happen. He's like, okay. I was like, you know, because Jamarcus. You know, didn't have the playbook, and you, you were in your holdout. He's like, I did not hold out. That was not a holdout. It cannot be a holdout if you're not signed the contract. Technically, that is the rules. I was like, oh, my God. I'm just – it's not about you, man. I'm just telling you this, the factoid. <laughs> I did not hold out. God, Brady. Wrong, wrong side of history, I guess. Didn't want to be Didn't want to be in there? Well, <laughs> no, it's interesting. Like, I've talked to him about this. I, I mean, think on the podcast maybe, but definitely off it. And it's like back then – it's crazy, too, because it's, it's, it's true. Like back in 2007, you know, there's no social media. There's not nearly as much as many outlets. Like there's no blogs, right? There's no for team sure. blogs. You know, CBS did. I mean, I wouldn't work for CBS. We didn't, CBS. CBS used to be. I don't know if people remember this, but it used to be AP copy. 
CBS would just post AP copy and then Pete Prisco and Clark Judge and Mike Freeman would spend like hundred word opinion pieces up or like, and then they'd write columns throughout the week. Um, there was no like, you know, I mean, like, the only guy that was really doing that was like Simmons, right? Like he was even Simmons guy- wasn't blogging like, like on, yeah. a, on a quick basis. I mean, what I'm saying is that in 2007, the Browns could leak out to five different media outlets that Brady Quinn is holding out. And even though technically he is correct, it wasn't a holdout. It's, it was spun that way because the team controlled all the, the flow of information. Now it's like totally opposite. Yeah. You know, Brady was one, he'd be like, listen, if, if that was the case, like, you know, it's not a big deal because the, the CBA, but he could be like, the Browns are negotiating in bad faith. You know, I, you know, I lost a lot of money with my draft fall. I'm not going to take less just because they're trying to, you know, take advantage of it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's, it's I mean, just, that's like what Roquan Smith did earlier this yeah, year. It's, 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 exactly, it's, it's exactly, exactly what happened. Yeah. Like Roquan Smith, the team would just leak out that Roquan Smith is being stubborn in negotiations. And, but now they can't, it's just interesting to me that like now you yeah, can't be as sure. aggressive as a team. Um, anywho. Oh, Kenny Pickett. Yes. I mean, you I, know, as much as, as much I, as Mitchell Trubisky has been playing well, he's been passing every test. Kenny Pickett has. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think that I still stand by my – unless Kenny Pickett is just absolutely blowing Mitchell Trubisky out of the water, start Trubisky, and if you don't go into, you kind of keep riding him and let Pickett just get some more you know, reps under his belt. Now, if you start 0-2, it's to Pickett – you pull on Pickett immediately, I think, um, if it's Trubisky's fault. Even 1-1, one one, I think you could make the case. Now, is there anything to be said for – you know, I know we're talking about we don't want to ruin the the prospect, and sometimes you don't want to, you know, open the possibility of having to go back to Trubisky or whatever. Yeah. But is there also something to be said for like not wanting to thrust him in at any point either? Like, is there like I mean, let, like let's say like um you know like what happened with um Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert? Obviously, Herbert ended up being fine, but you know, wasn't like he was the most prepared that day. No, and, you, and he you, had a great game too. Like I was like thinking, oh my god, the I think I lied to the Chiefs like five times because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like they're going to like when you found maybe I guess it happened before the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like Herbert starting. It's like the line goes off and it definitely, I mean, it definitely moved because people didn't think he was going to be ready to go. But I mean, yeah, like there's also something to be said too. It's like, listen, Candy Pickett, you're our guy. Like you, you, you we t- I mean, Mr. Trubisky is not going to be there long. No, it's a one-year job for Mitchell Trubisky. So you can say, Kenny, you're our guy. You played lights out. You're our first-round pick. You're the future of our franchise. Let's go. And that that confidence, I think, does matter to a young quarterback. You know, absolutely. And that's that's kind. Of, and if that's what happens, like if they decide to say, all right, we are going to just roll with Kenny Pickett. I don't even know if you know. I know that there were rumors that they were you know listening on trade offers or whatever for Mason Rudolph. I would almost be more prone to move Trubisky at that point. Because yeah. I don't, it, it's it, like I said we last time. We're on. Risky. That's that, yeah. and I feel like if there's any sort of struggles, there'd be more murmuring for Trubisky than there would be for Rudolph. So yes. it's you know what I mean. It's it's very similar to what uh, we were saying last time about the Patriots, where it was you can't really keep Cam Newton, but you can keep Brian Hoyer. You know, you, there is if anything, yeah. if Mac Jones struggles, you're going to look back at Cam Newton. If Mitch yeah, if yeah, yeah, struggles, you're going to look at Mitch Trubisky. Kenny is struggling. Like it's, nobody's going to be like, put in Rudolph. Exactly. If you know, if he's struggling, it's like Trubisky. There, it's like I mean, we got to win games, guys. Put in Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like the other thing too. Like I mean, I'm the one who keeps bringing up that theory, but it's you know, like to play devil's avocado with myself. Um, you know, like I mean, you know, 
if, if you if, if the kid's not ready, like what's the point of like drafting him in the first place? You know, if you don't think he can play right. day one at his age, you know, like why did you draft him? Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. Uh, all right, Malik Willis. I, I believe he. I'm trying to think how long the run was. It was a. It was. It was a. I think it was like 50 yards. Yeah, it was long. It was a 50 yard. Yeah, he had four rushes for 79 yards. Finished 15 to 23 for 131 yards. Touchdown and a pick. Um, all indications are though that this is still Ryan Tannehill's team. Yeah, I, I think know? that I think that's 100 percent certainty. Yeah. I don't think that there's injury. Injury changes it, of course. Of course, but I don't think that there's like let's even if I honestly think even if he struggles to the point that we saw last year, where he's you know the interceptions are so high. I still don't know if they make that change. It would also have to reflect the record. If they're completely out of this thing and it's just they're, they're that team that regresses and they're totally revamping, then you see him towards the end of the year, I think. But I, I think they kind of go down with the ship with Ryan Tannehill for this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Vrabel is a, um, is a Tannehill guy. Like, he's his guy. You know, like, he he's just... He, I don't think Mike Vrabel wanted them. I know right, Mike Vrabel didn't want them to trade AJ Brown because he said it in the freaking draft room. Or he said, he says like we, I, he's like, as long as I'm coaching the, the Titans, we will not trade him. And then he was really mad in the draft room. And then I would guess that he didn't. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't like the idea of Malik Willis as a player or a prospect. He might love him, but I don't. I don't think he was in. I don't think he's enthralled about the way this is going down with Tannehill and like the contract and and that's you know that's an ownership versus you know management situation yeah i mean you know that's that's certainly part of it and again i think that they're correct me if i'm wrong i believe that there was a moment too i, I don't know if rabel loves the where where malik willis is at currently in terms of where his development is as a passer where it's all right one read and then you're taking off or you're already thinking about taking off before you even kind of make your progressions exactly. and so you know you see that uh, you know that still raw ability and still that you need that development as a passer and I think that that's probably why there's a little bit of, you know, nerves about the long-term future there. Obviously, I think it's great for the Tennessee Titans because I think that you can kind of have your cake and eat it too, unlike a lot of teams where yes. you have this kind of breaking point at the end of the year with Ryan Tannehill regardless. I mean, either you're going to redo his yeah. contract or you're going to move him because you're not, you know. The, the, probably unlikely to franchise tag. Exactly. And so for me, it's you have a whole year for Malik Willis to develop as a passer. We already see the raw ability as a runner, but if all of a sudden you can kind of sit in the background of the NFL and just develop as a passer, you're going to give yourself a good option in 2023. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Sam Howell. I mean, I don't think Sam Howell is playing this year unless Carson Woods is hurt. I don't think so. I, I think it's a nice preseason I mean, guy. I, I, think, but... I think if you're the, like, so Panthers fans were – I was talking with some Panthers fans who were also state fans, and they were having the yeah. debate of like, would you want Sam Howell to like like take the Panthers to a Super Bowl? And it's like, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Carolina can claim, you know, it's like it's like Carolina, you know, Carolina quarterback with the Super Bowl and like you know, NC State's QBU. You know, it's like, no. So like it was it was a it was a hot debate. Like one guy who's a huge Panthers fan was like, I don't care who it is, give me Sam Howell. Um, I mean, Sam Howell in the fifth round versus Matt Corral. And I know that the injury is not his fault, but like trading up in the third round, like Sam Howell looks like a much, much better pick for at sure least right now. Yeah. I just don't know if we're going to really be talking about him after today. You know what I mean? Once we're yeah. something would have to go wrong with Wentz, which again, I guess that's totally possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, but at I that point, you're talking about Heineke like that. You yeah. know, that's kind of where we're at. Like it's not automatically he's the next guy up. You're probably going back to Heineke. 
I, I mean, I think I, what I what I've heard is that, and I could be wrong, but I I understand that they want Sam Howell to be like sort of do a red shirt year, mm-hmm. let Wentz play. If something happens with Wentz injury wise, Heineke comes in. I think it would take a lot of Wentz struggles for Heineke to take over, like to bench Wentz. Is obviously not off the out of the realm of possibility, but like. Do the wins thing, figure it out if it's if it's plausible for moving forward, and then like maybe plan on Sam Howell as possibly the guy, you know, in the future. Yeah. Um okay. Let's take a break and we come back more winners and losers from the preseason. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, a loser from the preseason. A loser that we talk about way too frequently with selling on the show. The Patriots offense. I mean, it, it's it's so like bizarre just how terrible the Patriots' offense is. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, this is not that bizarre. It's just like, man, is this going to be like this could be a this could be a bad football team? Yeah, I mean, this is why I said last time take the under on their win total. I mean, this is it. Not only do you feel like there's going to be regression from where they were on the standings last year because you know they were. They at one point they were in the number one seed, but they kind of felt like they snuck into the playoffs towards the end or kind of fell into it. And I feel like you're going to see more of that team that was playing at the tail end of the season as opposed to that team that was kind of on the upswing with a young quarterback. I, I I'm very concerned about this offensive line. I mean, you kind of start in that preseason game against the twos and the threes of the Raiders. It wasn't even like they were going up against Max Crosby or Chandler Jones. And Mac Jones was constantly on the move, getting off his spot. And there were even certain points where he was getting spooked. Like, there really wasn't even that much pressure, but there had been so much that he's already anticipating having to reset, having to move around. And when you're starting to talk about that, that is super concerning for a second-year quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like (laughs) – I know we talk about this so much, and I don't want to beat it in the ground, but, like, the Patriots are coached by – the greatest head coach of all time, Bill Belichick. I mean, almost inarguably. I, I was waiting for you to say Joe Judge, but okay. 
the single greatest Giants coach of the last two years. Um, but like they're coached by they're coached by Belichick. They have not been great since Tom Brady left, and Tom Brady's won a Super Bowl, and the Bucks continue to be good. And in a critical year where you know, Belichick's getting, I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere yet, but like he's getting older. And Mac Jones' second season, and you're thinking, man, they could like, do they get back? Like, is this the year they come back and they're the Patriots again? And now you're changing your offensive strategy in terms of your run game. You're adding Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Your Bill Belichick is re, like he's installing the offense. It's all very, very like I, I want to be I want to be wrong because I want. Belichick to be to do great. Like I love Belichick being good. You know, I don't root for the Patriots demise. I don't think anybody does. But like, I mean, it's it is it's becoming increasingly, and you've said this repeatedly, it's increasingly difficult to believe that the Patriots are gonna be any good. Like, you know, you sent out you you sent a request for division picks um earlier today. And I was like, sort of I was like the first one I wrote down in my drafting bill was AFC East. And it was like, one, this is the easiest pick of all. And then two, it's like I'm not even doubting. I'm like, I would much rather doubt Bill Belichick at this point than doubt Josh Allen, which is kind of right. crazy. Yeah, that it, it, that's true. It's weird when you when you put it in that context, but for sure, like there is more of a you know, it's weird. Over the last few years, it's been you know slam dunk Patriots. That it's been the easiest division to pick. Twenty years, but but now it's it is, but it's just a totally different team. And for me, like I was saying, it you know the. I'm concerned about the secondary, specifically the cornerback spots. I'm concerned about the offensive line. I'm more concerned about them ruining mac jones though like you know as much as 2022 could be a bad year i'm concerned about what 2022 could do to mac jones if that if you kind of get what i'm saying because all of a sudden they start kind of breaking him you're left with a really weird and, and bad roster because I believe they have they're spending the most amount of money in the NFL whether it, I think it's cap wise I think they're spending the most amount of money when you combine the pass catchers of wide receivers and tight ends right. in the NFL I believe yes and that I believe that's true I, you might have to throw in running backs but I don't know I don't think it's running backs I think it's when you put wide receivers and run in uh, wide receivers and tight ends together they're spending the most in the NFL yeah, or at the very least yeah. top five. How is that possible? And they're not well, they're not that good. Well it's John O. Smith, it's Hunter Henry, yeah. it's Al Galore, it's Bourne. They went so hard at the skill position players last off season. And it's, and you're still going into a year now where you're wondering who the number one guy is and, and whether or not it could be Devonte Parker, who you had to acquire this off season, or you still had to invest a second round pick in Tyquan Thornton, who's not going to be a factor now. And so if you're Robert Kraft and you're, and you're looking at all of this, you're saying, Hey, listen, I've invested. I have, really? I have helped. Saying? I'm not saying that he's going to obviously like, fire the That's not what's I'm not suggesting that. Do you, but want, I'm do you saying, want to say it's time to fire Bill Belichick on the I podcast and let's social clip it and tweet it out? <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Yeah, that, would, that, that would ruin your life for like a week at but, least. But what I'm saying is that drum will beat maybe for the first time. You know, it's only going to be a small drum beat. I, I feel like you've actually said this or like alluded to this earlier in the offseason where it's like, of course, it's like impossible to fathom the idea of Bill Belichick being fired. By Robert Kraft. Like, I delivered you six Super Bowls. But Robert Kraft did not want to get rid of Tom Brady. And if the Patriots had Tom Brady, they would be a better football team. And that's not offense to Mac Jones. He's just not effing Tom, Tom effing Brady. Right. Like, they would be a better football team. Um, you also have to remember, too, this is an offseason where Kraft himself has been on record saying, yes. 
we haven't been to the playoffs. I want to get to the playoffs. Or, or we haven't won a playoff game in three years. Obviously, they went last year. We haven't won a playoff game in X amount of years, dating back to 2019 when it was Tom Brady's last run. They lost in that wild card game to Tennessee. He's he's going on record saying that he's setting a bar. And if all of a sudden you don't you fail to meet that bar and you're regressing at the most important position, th- there's going to be obviously not some firings, but there are going to be some long talks about how we're operating on the day-to-day. Yeah, um, I remember now uh, going back, thinking back to that, there was a Tom Curran uh, column about it. And, you know, is is Robert Kraft playing a dangerous game with Bill Belichick? And, you know, you look at Jerry Jones. I mean, when you get old, I mean, you get older, you got a lot of money, you can do what you want. There starts to be some finality to things and you maybe you have regrets and you just want like you want you want the success now. And I mean, you've already lost Tom Brady, so I don't know what you do if you're you can't like buy a bill. We'll figure it out with um you really can't do that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You can't even really do it because also because of that decision. You you chose. I mean, at the end, you did. You you do own the team. You could have made that decision. You could have went with Brady instead of Bill. You chose. You to back do the it coach. You got to back the coach. Like you kind of got to see that thing through. I think it would need to be like, wh- I, like I, there's a zero. I mean, zero point zero 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 one percent chance that Bill Belichick would be like fired. Like I'll never get fired. fired. It'll be a mutual or parting ways retiring it but yes. like what if they went seven and nine in back-to-back years that wouldn't do it okay five and eleven five crap seven and ten sorry yeah five I mean, and twelve it would have yeah it would have to be five and twelve back-to-back years would be like uh and that that won't happen either right but like my thing was, is that's that it would need to be jarring like you would have to like oh my goodness what happened you know what i mean yeah. that's where it is and so you know it's concerning right now because obviously you know they don't have a they have an easy middle to their schedule but like the beginning is not easy and then that tail end's tough too you're going to Miami you're going to Pittsburgh you host Baltimore and then you go to Green Bay those that's you could I, i'm not saying that's 0 and 4 but that's likely i mean i mean that could happen yeah i mean <laughs> I, like I, again, like I know, I'm not trying to. The Patriots were like plus two fifty to win the Super Bowl in 2007. It just was like we see. So I'm not suggesting that like yeah, anything I know what you mean. Mean. but like there's no way they're playing possum, right? That cannot be what they're doing. They're not. I, they're I, not, they're I not refuse to, to believe like, that's the only other. Like that's the only other option. It's either the Patriots suck on offense or they're playing possum. And they're not good it's much more likely possum. they suck on offense. Yeah, they're not good enough to do that. It's not like you know. Because at that you have to it, at that time too they still did have Tom Brady like in yeah. it's not like it was two thousand plus two fifty to win the Super Bowl that's insane like yeah. that's like it, it, that's a crazy number yeah and so, um, uh, it's just I just don't I don't think that this is one of those those years they haven't been that team you know what I mean the the, the variable is that they had Tom Brady then they don't I mean, have just, yeah um, yeah yeah I wouldn't um, yeah that's crazy man it's Patriots might suck did not see that coming. Uh, Denzel Mims for requesting a trade at seven catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I love like these I love, like second rounders with zero production who just, um, just like, I want to trade. It's like, okay, okay. Like, I mean, sure, Denzel, we'll see what we can get for you on the market. And the answer is nothing. Like in Keel Harry's like, I demand a trade. It's like, I demand that you do something on the field. Like, I demand some production. <laughs> I, I would demand you to have some sort of production so your trade value is anything. But I yeah, guess now exactly. they're just doing like, it on the preseason field. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like you see, it did tell me I was going up. I mean, like, I, I think the Panthers were interested in it maybe. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a, a, a flyer with a late pick for Denzel Mims. I mean, no, it's, the Baylor it's, guys, so like the Big Twelve guys haven't worked out particularly well in terms of transitioning to the NFL. Maybe that's schematic stuff. I mean, generally speaking, that's not an exact science. Um, but you know, uh, the like, I, he's he's a burner and he's got some skills and you know he's a high pick. I, I wouldn't mind a flyer on him. I think Dallas makes a ton of sense. You know, they're still trying to figure yeah. out that wide receiver. I mean, that that wide receiver room is concerning for Dallas. You know, so that's a that is a, an area there as well. So I think that they will end up trading him just because they there's no real use for him. They have Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. It's you know, they they have their kind of wide receiver room set. Again, the crux of the trade request is that he wasn't you being used in first team reps or anything along those lines hasn't been able to build any reps with any of the starting quarterbacks. So I think at some point they move them. I don't know how much this performance changes anything. I mean, I guess if he stung up the joint, it would be, wouldn't be great. So I guess it helps a little bit, but it doesn't really, I mean, I don't know. It's clearly it's just, like, Hey, everybody, we're, we're calling plays for Denzel Mims, like seven catches. Like, well, exactly. It's like, okay, let's see if we can boost this guy's trade value up a little bit. Let's just zero in. Exactly. It's like, it's like, yeah, we get it. You're really, you're really like, like you. We we understand what you're doing. You're trying to make Denzel Mims look awesome, so somebody will give up something for him. Uh, I just can't see them giving up a ton. I mean, like, that's a yeah, like, I don't want a flyer, but just don't. You know, if the Panthers give up a fourth round pick for him, then they're idiots. Yeah, no, that's a conditional day three, six six that turns into a five at the most type yeah. of thing. Uh, by the way, Brian Robinson was um, shot in a mm-hmm. car, and a victim in an attempted robbery and or carjacking. Um, the NF, the info.com reports he was transported to area hospital. He has uh, put on Instagram that he was um, that he's doing fine. Yep, the surgery went well, but I mean that's a scary scene, man. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what they. He looked he was going to steal a job for take the job from Antonio Gibson. Basically, I don't know. He was shot in the glute and lower leg. I have. N- a matter it would be quote a matter of time before he's released and back with the team. There's no timeline for his return. I mean, I can't imagine you force him back super early, right? I, I've, I've, to be honest, like no. I claim to be a doctor. Sometimes I have no extensive knowledge of like what the timeline for a return from a, a bullet wound is. Yeah, and and so it my this is again speculation, but the fact that sure, they had to obviously like go under and, and have surgery. I, you know, you don't know what that necessarily means. Are they repairing ligaments and tendons and muscles or are they extracting a bullet or did it go clean through? Like those are logistical questions that you have to know from a football standpoint. Obviously the dude's lucky to be alive and that's that's the most fortunate thing there. For sure, yeah. I mean, football comes second, but it's like, yeah, I mean, like how, I don't know how you do a timeline for that, you know? Yeah, I, I think that again, we we know so little about the extent of his injuries. Right. Again, you know, at that point, you're just listening to make sure you hear non life threatening, and and that's kind right. of well. And, and the other thing too is that like you know, it's you know, did it go through? Is it you know, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. It's, it's hard. Those, to, yeah. That makes a difference. I mean, it, yeah. it you know, I'm again not a. I mean, uh, obviously, a forensic, you know, forensic science expert here. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, senior forensic uh, analyst, at <laughs> senior, senior CSI Sully. Yeah, that, that's that's me right there. But <laughs> you know, good good that he's healthy. But from a football standpoint, yeah, it, it's a it's it's a tough break for the Commanders because it did feel like he was gaining on him as much as Damian Pierce is getting all the headlines for being that rookie running back. Robinson was another one where he was he was pretty much the guy, and so I don't know what this necessarily means for Antonio Gibson if he just 
goes back to that role probably yeah. and right. you know, I think, I think Gibson, never happened. I mean, yeah, I think Gibson probably becomes a guy and then they see they work Robinson in as they uh yeah. as, as he gets healthy. But yeah, Gibson, I mean, certainly they're probably glad that they kept JD that they brought JD McKissick back and did not lose him yeah. to the uh Buffalo Bills from where he was headed. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other Mike Tomlin, by the way, this QB choice. We'll disclose it at our leisure. <laughs> That's, I like that. That's awesome. That's way better than like, oh, we'll turn over for the third preseason game. It's like at my leisure. I'm going to tell you when I tell you. I don't care. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's how he wants to run it. And speaking of the Steelers, too, one news item out of them, too, is uh, last night, Najee Harris said oh, yeah, that he, he, was, yeah. he was dealing with a Liz Frank sprain. So, you know, we've seen this a lot over the last few years with these Liz Frank injuries. And those are, season enders i mean travis Etienne missed all of his rookie year with this thing and so Actually, obviously they had deontay johnson and tj Watt hurt too like very bad preseason game for the steelers on yeah and so um, this is this was something that uh harris was this isn't something he dealt with in the preseason game he made his debut last night but he suffered this injury at the start of training camp i believe it was the first padded practice right and so he's it was a four to six week recovery he's basically in like week four now so he's expected to be ready for the season but certainly a little bit more of a severe injury than what we were led to believe at the beginning. Yeah. And I was talking with my buddy, Adam Cole about this. He's like, which one's the most worrisome. I was like, well, TJ Watt, just because, you know, I mean, Najee Harris is a great player, but you can replace Najee Harris. Like you can find a volume back. Yeah. Um, and I think that the defense will be more important to the Steelers this year than the offense, even though the offense may determine how good the Steelers are. Like the, if the defense, if like you lose TJ Watt, it's, it's going to be, it's a serious loss. The thing about Najee with that list, Frank, man, like, like, oh, yeah, it's just a sprain. It's like, if you have a list Frank sprain, first of all, a sprain is a tear. Again, doctor. Uh, but, like, but like, if you run on a torn list Frank and you're like, maybe you'll just work out. No, it's because the thing's going to tear the whole way. Like, I, I would be, uh, this, I, that would be concerning for me if I'm the Steelers. And we're talking about a back who just led the NFL in touches and was joking around this offseason saying, I'll take 500 touches okay. if, if it takes yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers to win. You know, I know you invest, you know, I think we look at running backs a little bit more now than ever as like these disposable kind of yep. pieces. But this is a first round pick. This is supposed to be one of your key pieces to this offense going into the year, especially if you're going to go with, you know, Kenny Pickett at some point. You're going to really rely on that young court, that young running back. And so, yeah, not great when all of a sudden you're talking about something as severe as a Liz Frank, because once that thing goes, you're talking about a full calendar year in terms of a return. It feels like, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm sure my buddy Colin Bear is going to DM me again about you love Ravens so much. I could Bengals fan listen to the podcast. Um, I lost a bet about the Bengals winning the division with him at one point. I can't remember, but um, anywho, um, like I kind of feels like things are falling in place for the Ravens in this division. Yeah, you know, a bunch of injuries, not even clusters, injuries to stars for the Steelers. Deshaun Watson is going to miss 11 games and you know, the Bengals are, the Bengals are a very talented team, but like you know, Joe Burry, Joe Burrow burst appendix, you know, that's, I mean, that's going to, that, you know, it changes thing a little bit. Right. I mean, I don't know. I've, it, I, I, I don't know how much that really changes things in the grand scheme. Of uh, yeah. I mean, like, it just like, or maybe, maybe we say break, good breaks for the, for the Ravens and Bengals. Sure. You know, sure. like if the, if the Browns or the Steelers stink, there's a really good chance that both the Ravens and the Bengals make the playoffs. And, and just when you look at it from a strength of schedule and all that stuff, one's playing on a first place schedule, the other one's playing on, I think, a last or a last third place schedule. schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, the Ravens are the very obvious worst to first team. Yes, they finished. They finished last. I mean, the only, the, I mean, the other one I would pick would be the Jaguars. I think. Let me double check. 
season. Yeah, has to be right. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. The Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are just the pick. Yeah, you're not going Jets. Jaguars would be a good one. Broncos is another one you could possibly go with. Yep. Um, Giants, Lions, Panthers, Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Ravens are the clear cut first. Yeah. Um, Kenny Galladay is a loser. Anything we need to say about Kenny Galladay? I mean, Kenny Galladay. They're not cutting him. What a disaster signing. They can't cut him, can they? I, 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 no. I think it's like millions of dollars. $100 dollars salary cap. It's like, yeah, you can't. doesn't do anything. They have a four-year, $72 million contract. That's not... Oh, no, they would... Uh, they would save $10 million. Am I reading that wrong? I think you might be reading that wrong. Is it Year the two, they way? could clear that much? Oh, no, no. That's right. If they release him, they would lose $10 million. Right. That makes sense. He's sticking around. <laughs> they could actually cut him... Um, no, they would save zero dollars in cap space if they cut him after June first. It's after June first, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Kenny Galladay's here to stay. Boy, yeah. that was a bad signing. Not Which ideal I, for them. Yeah, not ideal. Um, anything else that we are missing from the world of football? Uh, I think that's. I think that might be it, man. I think we're, a, we're an Alexander Madison forward. trade rumor for the Vikings. Yes. Which, okay, kind of weird, right? He's going into a final year of his deal, I think. I think it's just one of those due diligence moves. But I wouldn't move him if I were Minnesota because we all know Dalvin Cook is bound to miss two to three games a year, and he is one of the premier backup running backs in the yeah. NFL. I mean, I love it for fantasy as a Dalvin Cook guy. Like, yeah. you just you don't have to worry about it. Like, you just draft right. Alexander Madison. Yeah, I, mean, and- I mean, they drafted Ty Chandler in the fifth round, and, and they have – Bryant Kovac and uh, Kenny Naguanu, but like, wait, wait, that may be one where it's these agents like floating it out too. And then uh, who was the other person that was rumored? I was like, uh, the Giants are interested in possibly trading or exploring like a Darius Slayton trade. And yeah. um, somebody texted, somebody pointed out, they're like, is it when they when you just hear that from a team, is it ninety nine percent of the time they're about to cut the guy and they're, they're just trying to get something for him? It's like, yes, absolutely. Or like it's right before cut day, and a team's like. Ooh, Darius Slayton could be on the trade market. It's like Darius Slayton's going to be cut. That's usually what it is. I mean, again, this is going to yeah. be a crazy 24 hours, 4 p.m. on Tuesday is when they have to get down yeah. there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you, we, so you know that when um, back in the day before you were blogging your face off, that the cut day was on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I think we've Labor talked day about weekend. that before. It sucks. Oh, my gosh. So did I mean, you probably had to deal with this on, but like every Saturday on Labor Day weekend, you're like, um, listen. I would love to write about Darius Slayton being cut, but I have to go get. <laughs> but you know, I'm not gonna say what I was doing. <laughs> I definitely wasn't in a tailgate. Um, you want to tease the uh, live cut show tomorrow? Are you messing around? <laughs> no. Oh, oh yeah. So we, oh yeah. Well, crap. <laughs> at least it's not well, a Saturday. I was just gonna say, at least it's not a Saturday. Oh my god, we would have to do a live show on Saturday. That would be so annoying if we if they change it. Thank you for changing it, NFL. <laughs> Uh, so 4 p.m. tomorrow, live cut show. Going through because every single Obviously, I'm so locked into there. this. I can tell you exactly who's going to be on the show. Uh, it's going to be me, Not Wilson, me. Breach, and Debo will be in the house. as To find out, Debo will live react as the Eagles decide whether or not Jalen Rager is a bust after just two years. Incredible. I'll also um, highlight we locked in Sully for weekly 
Tuesday appearances at a minimum during the season. Love it. So, so don't be afraid. You, you probably got accustomed to hearing them on YouTube on Wednesdays, pod on Thursdays, but Sally will be with us during the NFL season. Very yeah. exciting. You stuck with me. No, I love having you on Sally. You're fun to talk to. Um, okay, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Sully, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys tomorrow at 4 p.m. for our live cut show, which I've been so thrilled about for like weeks and weeks on end. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Later. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.